0: You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. We have, as a church, been partnering with Pastor Joshua now for over a decade, and he is doing some incredible work in Indonesia. Uh, in fact, he is the oversight of, for C3 within the, the region. And I believe there's, there's 21 22 churches now in, in Indonesia, C3 churches under his oversight, uh, which is incredible. Uh, yeah, give him, give him some, some, I guess, honor in that, that. It's an incredible mantle of leadership that he carries in that space. And very shortly, we're going to release him. Uh, he's got an incredible prophetic gift on his life. We were, we were talking last night at the Beyond Dinner. Who was at the Beyond Dinner? So good. Uh, a shout out to Jim Walkham for saving the day with the gas bottle exchange, uh, or we would have had some interesting chicken revisits this morning, shall we say, right? But he saved the day, come on. And uh, Pastor Josh was sharing about, uh, he was ministering down in Canberra last weekend and just had uh, Holy Spirit gave him this picture. And out of it, incredible testimony of uh, this girl's life and uh, the way in which something that had happened years and years and years ago, God was able to just speak into, bring some healing. And out of that, she, she gave her life to Christ, chose to believe in Him, uh, which was incredible. So he has a, a fantastic gift and we're going to just release him to begin ministering uh, this morning in that uh, after I give you a little bit of an intro, if that's all right. We are kicking off a brand new series today. Amen. Everyone, it's a sigh of relief like we've left that three-month series behind. Thank you, God, you let us move on. Um, let's, let's not leave the revelation behind though, right? Like if, just because we've moved on, let's remember the things that God did in us and through us and the shaping that He has done in us as a church, uh, that, that the idea that we belong, okay, uh, is critical to establishing a community. People have to be given the space and the time to, to belong, just, just to be. Um, and of course, after that, we, we lent into other aspects of My Father's House. And uh, it was a great series, but I'm, I'm, for one, glad that we're moving on. Particularly in you know, this series, I've been looking forward to this series like all year. Uh, this series is going to focus on our relationships Um, I don't know if any of you have a relationship in your life, uh, but for me, they form a major part of my life. And to know that for the next few weeks, we're actually going to be unpacking what God says about how we should function in relationships, uh, for me is like, that's great. That is going to be absolute, practical, easily applicable uh, things that I can take from my Sunday, put into my Monday and actually see my life begin to change. Um, I, don't, I don't ever want to get stuck, um, I guess, unpacking the Bible in a way that doesn't apply to our Monday through Friday. Uh, if we do that, please, you know, let me know. I want to right now jump to Philippians, if that's all right. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible this morning, that's totally fine. We to have it up on the screen for you to follow along with. If you do have a Bible, I always encourage you to get it out, uh, mainly because if something jumps off the page, you have an opportunity right there and then to give it a circle, give it an underline, give it a highlight. And then when you're back at home and you're flicking through, that thing's going to jump out again. And it's like just that reminder of what God was speaking to you about on that Sunday. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely. I love the highlight feature on the digital as much as I like the, the tangible. But here we go, Philippians 2, verse 3. It says, "'Don't be selfish. "'Don't live to make a good impression on others. "'Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. "'Don't think only about your own affairs, "'but be interested in others too and what they are doing. "'Your attitude should be the same that Christ Jesus had. "'Though He was God, "'He did not demand and cling to His rights as God. "'He made Himself nothing. "'He took the humble position of a slave "'and appeared in human form.' And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on a cross. Because of this, God raised him up to the heights of heaven and gave him a name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that at times it encourages us and at other times it brings the correction that we need in our lives. Lord, I pray this morning that as we unpack this passage, it would do both for us. Lord, it would encourage us greatly, but it would also uh, realign aspects of our thinking, realign aspects of our, our ideas around things, so that we might live more in alignment with your will. Uh, God, I pray that you would have your way right now, and God, you know the Knights need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to leave the Jets behind, guys. The season's over. I had a, had a memory pop up in my Instagram feed this morning, and it was me and Cam Selby sitting at the grand final this time last year, and I must admit, I had a bit of a moment. Um, I was sitting, about to go over my message, but I had to check Instagram first, and I uh, It's all right, that's a joke. Um, I was down the beach and I was just sitting there. I was like, man, the season really didn't turn out like I was expecting. We haven't even made the finals. It's a bit disappointing. Thank you, thank you. A little bit of sympathy. Come on. I mean, I'm like, I'm grieving up in here and it's like I'm getting silence from you guys. Thank you. A minute silence, that would be terrific. I don't know that I could do a minute silence with a microphone in my hand. All right. (laughs) I'll work on it. I'll work on it for later. Like I said, new series. We're titling it Happier. I don't know if you've heard the song that's going around. Uh, It's a few months uh, behind the times now. But this idea uh, that happiness uh, drives relationships. The relationships are therefore our happiness. Um, And and we want to kind of dig into this idea. What is it actually that fuels uh, beneficial and and fruitful relationships? Um, And I, I threw up. Um, on Instagram last night, little little uh, kind of poll as to find out from people what is it that fuels your relationships, and the results were quite interesting, uh, and we'll get onto them in a second. But this morning, all I really want to do is is give you. I guess it's a bit of a preview. It's like a trailer. Uh, it's like, you know, when you go on Netflix and you're flicking through the show because you can't decide what you want. Uh, and so you actually waste half an hour watching all the little previews of the shows that automatically start. I really love that about Netflix. I don't have to go anywhere to get the preview. I get a little taste of it. Um, and I have, I have found out that Addison in particular loves the little preview that he gets. He's actually, he's, he's coined it. This, he's made up a, his own word for it. He calls it a whip. Right, So we're, we're on Netflix and it sounds like we just watch TV all day, but um, we're on Netflix and he goes, oh dad, dad, just want, I want to watch The Whip, just let me watch The Whip. It took me ages to work out what he was saying, I was real concerned for a while. Um, but uh, yeah, he loves it and he'll, he'll sit there and he'll just want to watch the little start section so he kind of knows what it's about. And so this morning, that's, that's basically what we're gonna do. Uh, we're just gonna do the preview of our series and then over the next few weeks, we're gonna dive into some of the nitty gritty stuff and, uh, and hopefully, uh, what's gonna happen is God's gonna begin to reshape our perspective on relationships, which is gonna be fun. Hang on. Uh, I'll drink to that. Okay, have you considered how important relationships are in your life? Almost everything that we do in life Is done in relationship. And almost everything we achieve is a result of relationships. Relationships form the highways on which our life travels. I was thinking about that for a a little bit the other night, and I was like, you know what? That's so true. The relationships that we have pave the path that we will move forward into. And we can make choices based on relationships that will cause us to turn off particular paths or stay on particular paths. And I know we've got our Alive Youth guys in here today, so I'm gonna gonna dive into something that's gonna help you guys at school. Choose your relationships based on where you wanna go, not what feels good right now. There's there's an incredible story in in the Gospels. I don't wanna spend too much time on it right now, but, but, but Jesus comes across a funeral procession And it talks about a young man who has passed away and his friends are carrying him out of the city. And it says, Jesus comes upon that moment when they're passing out the city gate. The city gate in Scripture represents a place of influence, a place where decisions are made. And it's really interesting because in that story, what we see is we see a group of friends carrying their friend past the place that perhaps he was supposed to sit. And and I want to say to our young people here this morning choose friends that are going to take you into your destiny, not past your destiny. How often do you consider what fuel is behind your relationships? As I said just before, I put this poll on Instagram last night. What fuels your relationships? Feelings or faith? Feelings. Or faith. I could have said feelings or truth, but I like alliteration. So I went with feelings or faith, because for truth to be applied, we have to actually step into it using faith. Do you know that at least 50% of people that responded to that said that their feelings fuel their relationships? Now, I've got to be honest, I can, I can totally relate to that. Uh, like, I don't know if you've realised this about me yet. You probably should have by now. Uh, I am a feelings guy. Uh, I, I, am, I fully embrace the emotional world that God created within me. Uh, I have very high highs and I have very low lows. Uh, I, I am someone who loves the spectrum and the colour that emotion brings to life. Um, I, hopefully you have uh, sensed that about me. I am sentimental, I am idealistic, I am nostalgic and I embrace my feelings to the full extent. You can ask my wife how that plays out if you wish. I fully believe that God created us with feelings to bring colour to our life. You know, God never needed to give us feelings, but He did. He gave us this vastly complex, vast spectrum of emotions to interact and and, and colour our life with. And so I also don't find it a surprise that today's generation exalts the idea of the sovereign self. Totally stole that term from Pastor Simo's master's post today. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So uh, kudos to you. Yeah. I responded to his master's post with this really difficult question, which he has yet to get back to me on. Uh, I'm waiting for your answer on that. But this sovereign self, this idea that our opinion is preeminent, that how I feel is right. And because I feel it, I'm justified in my definition of right and I can't be wrong. And you might feel something different, but that's, that's okay for you. But because I feel like this, I'm right in my justification of my feeling. And we live in a society that is, that is elevating this sovereign self, this, this self-defined sense of what is right and what is wrong. And, and, and it is undermining the capacity to have truth to have anything that is absolute, to have anything that might actually transcend the realm of what we feel and give us something to stand on irrespective of how we feel. And what we end up doing is we end up establishing our own justification to protect our opinions. Which would be fine if it didn't totally contradict Scripture if it didn't completely go against what Philippians 2 is telling us we should live like. That that actually instead of elevating self, we should be lowering self. Instead of setting self up as the precedent, we should be allowing Scripture and, and the model of Christ to be our definition of how we operate. We are encouraged to put others above ourselves, to put their interests above our own, to have the same attitude that Christ did, one of humility and self-sacrifice and others-focused honour. God made us to live with feelings, but not to be controlled by them. And I don't know about you, but this, this, that, that, little, that little statement right there is one of the greatest things I have learned in marriage. I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but uh, maybe it's just me. I'm out here on an island and being really real. I married someone who learned at a younger age not to live according to their feelings. And I don't have time right now, but I could tell you story after story after story where my amazing wife lived with her feelings in control whilst observing her husband, the, the person who is supposed to represent stability and security in her world, completely losing the plot because of his feelings. Come on, aren't marriages just the crucible of transformation? I just want, I just want to say one of the greatest decisions I've ever made in my life was letting God choose my wife. Young people, and if 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 you're like me and, and you've made some bad decisions in the arena of partners in the past, like I did in high school and uni, and I, the best thing you can do is get alongside someone. And my youth pastor at the time, I went and I said to him, I said, look, I I don't choose good partners. I need you to help me. And and there was there was there was times where on my journey towards finding a wife, I would I would be getting to know a particular person because getting to know them is 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 the best first step. Right? Get to know their personality before you get to know their body. Sorry, did we just dive below the PG uh, rating this morning? And he would say to me, Nate, that one's not right for you. Nate, that one is not going to take you into your destiny. And I listened and I let him be the wisdom that I didn't have myself. And it's the biggest win, honestly, the biggest win. But successful relationships are formed on our capacity to control our feelings and sometimes make decisions contrary to them. It's interesting. Can you imagine if Christ lived according to his feelings? Just for a second, right? I'm not really feeling it today, guys. Like imagine if Christ got up one day and was like, "Ah, oh, look, lame person, sorry man, I'm not in the mood. Mark fourteen thirty four thirty six 36 demonstrates to us that if Christ lived according to his feelings, we would have no cross. We would have no crucifixion, no punishment for sin and no avenue for salvation because it it, it articulates this. It says, He told them, this is the garden of Gethsemane. This is the moment before he's betrayed and captured and taken into into the last stages of his ministry on earth before he's crucified. And he's praying to God. He says, My soul is crushed with grief. It doesn't deny his feelings. It's really important. It doesn't deny his feelings, but he doesn't allow them to dictate how he operates. To the point of death, stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground he prayed that if it is possible, the awful hour awaiting Him might pass by. Abba Father, He cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will, not mine. Because you've got to remember, Jesus is all human. He has feelings. He knows what's coming. And He doesn't want to do it. In His humanness, but He takes those feelings and He surrenders them to His Father's will. And we are told to approach our key relationships in exactly the same way. Not our feelings, but truth. I'm gonna wrap this up right now. I'm gonna land on Ephesians. I'm gonna invite Pastor Joshua to to come up and he's gonna share briefly and begin ministering. But Ephesians 5 says this, Verses 25 and 26. Husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's Word. Christ's very act in denying his feelings, to be in accordance with the will of God, is the very model we are supposed to take in our relationships that on those days where I don't feel like loving, I stand on my commitment. I stand on the covenant commitment that I made. On those days where I don't feel like taking the bins out, I don't feel like doing the dishes, I don't feel like changing another dirty nappy, or, 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 or let's let's get let's get deeper on this. I don't feel like forgiving because I'm justified because I was right and she was wrong. Or, or or let's talk about the family context, right? Where where my feelings I don't feel like calling my sister because she hasn't called me in ten years. Well, I don't I don't feel like putting myself out there again with that group of friends. I don't don't feel, and if we allow feelings to dictate how we operate in our relationships, we will miss the very essence that develops consistency, depth and connection. We're called to live, not our will but His, not for our gain but for others, not to elevate self and how I feel but to live so that others might be lifted up. You know, that all sounds pretty impossible. I don't know about you, but it's it's pretty impossible. Until we realise that Ephesians 5 and that whole passage that's titled in my Bible, Spirit-Guided Relationships. Spirit-Guided Relationships. We realise that the section just before that in Scripture says something really key to our capacity to actually outwork this. It says, verse 15, So be careful how you live. Not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Then you'll sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves. That's what we got like around the fire with Kumbaya. That's where that came from. Making music to the Lord in your hearts. And you always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And further, and further, and he goes on to talk about marriage. And further, you know what and further is preceded by? Live by the Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit. When your feelings are taking over, don't go to a substance. Don't go to an image. Be filled with the Spirit. The only way in which we can live against ourselves is through empowerment by the Spirit. And on that note, I want to invite Pastor Joshua to come because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to begin moving this morning in our lives. Can we welcome Pastor Joshua this morning? Awesome.
1: Hey, good morning everyone. Selamat pagi, that's what we say in Bahasa Indonesia. A greeting from Citri, Victory Jakarta to all City Victory Central Campus. You want to receive that? And I just want to show the picture of my family here. And um, Sanita, my wife, is preaching in Jakarta right now. Uh, That's uh, my beloved son, Joel, is on my right. And that is Sanita in the middle, and Jacqueline, uh, our daughter. Um, I just want to share about the relationship from the perspective of the father returning to the heart of the children. Is that okay with you? Malachi, Malachi 4, verse 6 says, And God will turn the hearts of the Father to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with curse. So I believe in this last day, God wants to make a breakthrough in relationship between father and children, and children to the Father. Maybe many of you do not know that I have my, my son, have my this uh, autistic syndrome. my son Joel has the uh, ADHD attention deficit hyperactive disorder. most of my uh, most of my uh, my salary spend for, for, for medication and therapy from the age of three until 16 years old. but it's very interesting uh, for me to see the journey how how God can use, the disabled or the not normal children to reach out and to glorify His name. Sanita and me have been living in a CBD Fluid, Jakarta for the last eight years. And I try to uh, connect with the community there for the last eight years, but with little success. Little success. Sometimes they uh, they cheer me, they jeer me. Uh, Pastor Joshua, the preacher. <laughs> yeah, Because they're all powerful businessmen. They are influencer and they are and they are affluencer. They have money and they can influence. They have factories. So one day the Holy Spirit said to me, It's not the therapist that will heal your son. It is the heart of the father when he turns to the children. And the heart of the children turn to the father. Now, I have my, my, my excuse because I'm busy overseeing 22 churches. I have my own time to gym, but then the Holy Spirit convicted me to do the initiative. So I wake up earlier and I walk with Jesus every morning from five to six. Then I came back and I read the Bible. And then I wake up my, my son, Joel. And then we walk together from seven to eight. Now I need just uh, just example how, how how I walk. Can 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 I borrow you for a while? Yes. Is it all right? Yeah. What's your name? Caleb. Okay. So 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 in the morning, come come. Give me your hands. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 Joel and me walk for one hour by holding hands like this. Now I feel weird. You know, man and men walking like this especially when when when, when 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 he grips g- give me give me your finger you know you know you know we walk together you know and 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 he squeezed my hand and and I, 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 I feel terrible because it is all right if Jacqueline dad walk with me or my wife this is even more romantic okay I mean, squeezing you know in, in the morning but 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 my son squeezing me I, I i feel weird you know I mean like but but then the holy spirit said to me isn't that what you want with God the Father? To hold hands in daily. So I okay God. So I walk with Him like this every, every day except on Wednesday. Okay, it's, it's alright now. Kind of sweaty. Thank you, Gallop. Why turning the hearts are important? Because in the heart we have our love we have our desire we have our trust and we have our trust there sometimes it's difficult to trust somebody when our trust is broken or betrayed it takes time to rebuild the trust but it's all in our heart believe just like moses and the people of Israel, the people of Israel are having hard time to have belief in the leadership of Moses. It's on their heart and love, and we have to be careful, especially with the young people, not to give our love easily. I mean, in Indonesia, we call it puppy love or infatuation. Easily fall in love. So be careful because you will hurt yourself. And with the desire, because the desire our our heart, does really really respect them. You know what? To make the story short, all those business people from the... I'm living in the, in, in five, in, in the, in the five CBD complex, it's a condominium building. All those parents, they're they watching me, how I walk. Every day. Little did I know, this relationship make a breakthrough in preaching the gospel. So on Wednesday, I just walk by myself and I met all these business people and now this time they did not they did not uh, uh, uh jeer me, but they say, Hi Pastor Joshua. I said, Okay. And um now this time, and these people are not Christian, they are Buddhists, they have come from different religions. Then they start asking me, Well Pastor, what is the Bible first for two days walking? Can you believe the non-Christian asking for the Bible first? So for one hour, we talk about the Bible. So we talk about Matthew 6, 33, just the easy one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. And they said, is that including money, sir? Yes, that's including money. And, and they said, what about the second wife and third wife? <laughs> you know, I'm not saying anything about that because they are not Christian. So it's, you know, for them to have mistress or, or, or you know, or, or, or girlfriends, are, 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 they, are, they are used with that. But praise to Jesus. What we think about liability, what we think is a despise, what we think are simple things, God uses it to confound the wise man. So I believe that God is making a breakthrough in your relationship today. And also uh, the other things that I only have two minutes, uh, my, my relationship with my wife. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8, I want men everywhere to pray and lifting their hands without any angry or doubts and then the holy spirit says you know when you lift up your hands you are casting out all your anxiety all your all your worry all to god so when i lift up my hands every day i said what's so big deal about lifting up hands god when you lifting up hands god is winning remember from exodus 17 when moses and joshua when when, when moses chose to go to the mountain and lift up hands with aaron and her joshua win the battle but when moses lift down his hand, Joshua got beaten. I said, okay, God, every day I will lift up my hands and pray. And I start praying just thanking God for what is being done. You know, I start thanking by five things, it leads to 10 things. From 10 things, it leads to 15 things. You know, when I start giving thanks, then I feel like eternity comes into my life. I, I, I pray no more for my needs, but I just start thanking and thanking and thanking. And especially today, I want everybody just to, to 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 stand up. I want all of you to thank Pastor Kit and Pastor Janet for what they have been done you know in this region. And also to my life. To my life and to Sanita. They, they have been spiritual mentor to me. Spiritual mentor means to give guidance, to correct, and to encourage me. For the last 12 years, Pastor Kit and Pastor Janet. Has stood together with me. So again, let's let's just give thanks to God for this man and woman of God. Thank you, thank you. You may all be seated. And I just want to uh, I just want to uh, say the last one here. As the husband, we need to mention by 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 Nate that we need to love our wife. What does mean to love our wife? Three things. I think you all know. First is to entertain. To entertain your wife. Second is to welcome. Third is to respect the dreams. I got scared with my, the dream of my wife because I have I have already two churches in Jakarta. She has dream for seven churches. They scared the heck of me. Seven churches. And I, I keep quiet when she had big dreams like that. But then the Holy Spirit, you need to respect your wife for her dreams. Otherwise, Joshua, you become like Nabal and she's the Abigail to you because the word of wisdom came through her. I said, okay, God. So I came to her and I lay hand on Sanita. God, I don't know how this is fulfilled, but I'm believing together, walking together, hands in hands. So seven churches will be planted by our church in the years to come. That's respecting her dreams. Now I want to just give an altar call let all stand up husband and wife you know i'm i'm believing for husband and wife have a have a breakthrough in relationship and father and sons you know uh, that that why 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 the hearts of the, the father need to to turn back to the children not the children first to the father because the fathers are the source kepala source so if you damage the source it damages the whole thing so when everything goes goes wrong in in my family i'm the first one Will take the will take the bite. It's not my wife. It's not my children. It's me. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm not going to blame anything. So I'm believing God is making a breakthrough in relationship between between uh, father and son. If you come here, if you come here with your children, I want you to, I want you, man, husband, to hold your children' hands right now. If you come with your children, wherever. Are you coming with your children with your with your with your big sons or daughter or all the children have gone to the okay so I'm, I'm believing to to have that breakthrough
0: thanks for joining us for the c3 victory podcast we would love to see you at one of our services to find out more visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on facebook or instagram